I can't imagine having your body betray you, your body and your brain betray you on a regular basis like that. Give it a couple more decades or so. You, are you saying I'm going to start shit myself and forgetting things? <laughs> no, no, of course not. I'm going to start slipping any day now, guys. <laughs> Brace yourselves. Slipping and falling. Do you have a life alert yet? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't mean it. I know you have one. <laughs> I mean, I would like the idea. the comics place get a bunch of comics in our bookmobile from ups janet gives them to us and then we bring them back to the comics place up into our sanctum sanctorum mm. to sort the books and look at the books and talk about the books and pull the books hold the books pull the books for our customers put them in boxes bring them downstairs put them in files uh and pick out some books to talk about and then we take them and go read them in our respective quiet places and after that we hang out on a Wednesday. <laughs> it's just like basically beanbags. Uh, things ring themselves up. Things check themselves in. It's super, uh, super chill. We hang out on Wednesday and uh, get people their comics. And then we come up here back into the Sanctum Santorum. Mm. Santorum? Rick Santorum. Rick That's Santorum. The, Rick, the Rictum Sanitarium. Uh, where we talk about the books. Our lives and the goings. comings and the goings and the ins and the outs of our comic store and our lives it's been a lot about vietnam lately though <laughs> yeah yeah i don't know if you guys can hear everything that happens before you press play to listen to our podcast but uh <laughs> we just hung out with the vietnam war for quite a while jeff's really into <clears throat> it right now there's probably more burps before you press play, then there are after. Although I can't guarantee that. I think we're kind of burpy. Yeah, we're a gaseous group. Yeah. Anyway, group. Uh, we are going to talk about the books that just came out this week. <laughs> and uh, you should be aware that we're going to talk about details. Spoilers. Details. We're going to spoil the book. Content this your, details. This is your detail warning. Detail warning. Content left, content right. Uh, what are we going to tell you? Yeah, but let's, uh, oh, this week we're going to talk about Old Man Hawkeye number one. And Avengers number 675, No Surrender. Uh, Mr. Miracle, well, Mr. Miracle at the end, but. We'll save it. We'll save Mr. it until the, the end. Mr. Miracle number six. Uh, Grass King's number, where's the number? Jeff's, number 11. Jeff was making hand signs at oh, you. Oh, I wasn't looking at Jeff. <laughs> For the first time ever. <laughs> I think we're going to have some haikus from some of yous. Man, I'm really excited to introduce the, the <clears throat> listeners to that new uh, podcast gimmick of ours. And I think uh, Buckshot Rounder, too. Yeah. Um, I am Django, and I've never been really clear on the difference between syllables and own. Is that right? Own? Own? I don't know, so I'm not clear either. What is own? I think it's... So we say that a haiku is a number of syllables, but the original haiku 
Like the Japanese word for it is own. I think it's own. Oh. I'm going to Google it while you guys say who you are. Uh, but but they're slightly different. It, it, it's not a total one-to-one ratio of syllables to this thing that I'm going to find out. Yeah, soon Django's gonna gonna own the meaning of oh, haiku. Oh, I think it's O-N. you to say such a pun. <laughs> Can you guys back off for like a second? Yeah, Braden's <laughs> the pun guy. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, I'm Jeff, and uh, at this point, I can't really tell where my life ends and where the Vietnam documentaries begin, <laughs> which maybe was disrespectful. I don't know. Hmm. Um, I'm Braden, and I wish the beer I was drinking wasn't called uh, Moose Drool. I, I'm Roman. I'm I'm still thinking about Jeff's Vietnam thing. So you want to talk I'm, about I'm, it? I'm a little, I'm a little disturbed. <laughs> yeah. I, I feel guilty for the things I did there. Oh Gosh, God. Roman, I want to hear about that chapter of your life. Um, it is it is own, O N. Uh, it means sound. It's used to mean the phonetic units counted in haiku, um, but it's not exactly the same as a syllable. Wow. So who read Old Man Hawkeye? <laughs> uh, I did. I did. Was I'd it sa- number one? I'd say a haiku. Thank God there wasn't any Old Man Hawkeyes before this series started. <laughs> so yeah. this was written by somebody I had never heard of, and it seems like their body of work is pretty they, not large, but it's Ethan Sachs, and the artist is Marco Cicchetto, who I only know from a Star Wars run and a Punisher run. Yeah, is he... Which Star Wars did he do? He did that original... Journey to the Force Awakens. Yeah, about uh, oh. about uh, what's his name's parents. Yeah, Poe's Poe's oh. parents. Did he do? Pee-pee. Did he do the Phasmic book as well? He may. Have. He may well have. I, didn't I think it. this was better art than the Phasma book. I think for me, uh, you're an asshole and a liar. Well, I, I know you. <laughs> How dare you insult my beautiful metal mom? I know. He's been referring to her as, as his mother for the last day. <laughs> Uh, is your mother dead? Did she fall into a pit of fire? I made the same you think joke that today, and he didn't realize I was joking about that. And he was like, th- it was a very weird moment where he like had to recalibrate that I was not trying to have a really serious conversation about his mom, but I was trying to do a classic Brayden callback to a previous Brayden statement. Oh, it got real for a hot minute there. It did, it did. Um, this... I liked a lot. I thought it was um, the closest feeling book to the original Old Man Logan yep. miniseries that there has been, and there has literally been other books called Old Man Logan um, <laughs> that don't feel as much like the original as this one does. I Yeah, I agree. This this is definitely feels like it's in the same world. Um, it is, right? It is. Yes. But, but like even the flashbacks to this world that have been put in the the modern old man logan series haven't felt as much like this as as this comic does there's like a i i have a hard time defining if there's a really interesting balance between sort of hopelessness and beauty i think in the original book mm-hmm. it's like hopeless but it's beautiful it's and the horizons. Yeah, like the the landscape of the whole thing is gorgeous, and this art like really captured that beauty while also being hopeless. The cover for issue number two is gorgeous. That's almost even more of... Mad Max than the, this cover. Yeah, yeah, that cover that cover for number two is the opening scene of Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, it totally is. Except, with, practiced... except without the Avengers, they don't show up. Yeah, in they're not in this guy. Brayden and I practiced stepping on two-headed lizards and eating them while we mm-hmm. were looking at that picture oh, this morning. Oh, I'm sorry, I missed that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so this basically follows Hawkeye as a gun for hire. 
Bow uh, for hire. A bow for hire, excuse me. <laughs> uh, and the, the truck that he's protecting gets stopped by a bunch of Madroxes. Which was an Multiple awesome, men. Multiple mans. I was... Men? Mans? I, I had no interest... Well, I don't really have much interest in that character. I'm super sad that he turned out to be such a bad guy. Well, I, in the Ultimates or in the regular universe? In, 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 the, in, the, in this book. I mean, I don't know how bad he was. Maybe he was, he was the guy... I Hawkeye like was pretty good as shit. Like one story of his across three different universes. Like I've read a yeah. story in several different places. Yeah, and we, and we don't know in this universe what actually happened to Jamie Madrox, the original. Because these, these are all dupes. Maybe this is the one from uh, mm. X-Men 3, The Last Stand, who's a bad one. <clears throat> yeah. He's a bad guy. But I also don't understand one. if these are all dupes, how come they still exist? Because I thought... Well, we don't know oh, about yeah. this. Okay. Well, let's, let's what what happens in this book? Pick apart the summer. Hawkeye's, okay. <laughs> Hawkeye's pulling a Furiosa, saving. He's driving this guy through a ravine that's dangerous. He's hired dangerous. to do protection. Ma- multiple Madrix man shows up, and Clint shoots like eight of them with his bow and arrow. Brutally, like all like in the face, like almost. Um, he does he deliver the guy? Does that job go through? He gets an Xbox. Yeah, yeah he, I think the job goes through, and he goes to the doctor and finds out he's going blind. Yep. Gives Logan a, a box, and uh, one of the, the Madrox has escaped mm-hmm. and gets venomized in probably my favorite full-page spread of the month. Django is such a venom guy. <clears throat> really, he dude, is. Dude, look at the meat. There's, yeah, no, so it's, it's, <laughs> you, it's you never get to see venom. You don't have to justify it to us. Like, have we seen venom... Envelop someone before with meat on one side of him and uh, like venom oil on the other side. No, of I him. didn't know he had meat in him. I mean, is it meat or is it all the inside of his mouth? Because there are teeth yeah. on the inside of all of that. And but, like, but that's like that's what I'm saying. Usually, it yeah. looks like somebody just poured oil on somebody, and this is this mouth. is like a moving, living meat venom going on the guy. Yeah, I guess the only inside of venom that I normally see is his mouth. And you yeah. could construe this as maybe just a ton of mouth, but it is about to swallow him, and it yeah. looks awesome. Yeah. I'm I'm super curious to see how uh, Venom will interact with um, multiple man's mutant power. Like, does that are we going to get multiple man Venoms? Like, oh, we know that ultimately he's going to end up on a Tyrannosaurus Rex, on a goddamn T Rex. I hope so. You'll find out about that if you read Old Man Logan, the yeah. original series by Mark Miller and Steve McNiven, yeah, which is a gorgeous I'm book. I'm sorry I didn't read it. <laughs> so I hate to say it, and I don't know what it is, but I, I approached this book more cynically than I wanted to. Um, and gosh darn it, it was page three, and there's a whole page of multiple man speaking in unison and it's a long phrase but instead of having four separate speech bubbles like start and end the layout of the text in that text bubble Mm -hmm. um it conveys that a lot of people are speaking in unison i it's tricky to describe i'm I'm sorry listeners but there's just an innovative thing done with text bubbling and then the very the very next page hawkeye there's this gorgeous shot of him busting out of a truck with a bunch of secret arrows and it's like there's arrows flying at you like you've just experienced Kirby for the first time. Um, <laughs> there's just there's a lot of things in here that I w- I realized I was liking, while also like some cynical voice in my head was like, oh, it's another cash grab at a franchise that people like, and I was like, oh, that's a clever line of dialogue. Oh, that's, that's an interesting thing to have just done. That's interesting because I think I approached it from a more uh, hopeful perspective because I was 
pretty jacked on it. Yeah. Uh, and I was a little disappointed, although it was still good. For me, I'm coming from the perspective of I really love Old Man Logan, and mm-hmm. there have been a, several things that have tried to capitalize on that franchise that have fallen short for me. So I, I felt like this was maybe <clears throat> in that line, and, and I was pretty surprised to feel like it was actually the writer who I've never heard of. And Marvel has done a, a pretty good job of hiring some unknown writers that have not been fantastic. Yeah, uh, it's, It was really cool to hear like the voice of this character be somebody that I, I really want to read. I, he was doing interesting stuff the whole time through. I uh, I don't know. I don't think I was excited for it, but I knew I was going to read it because I like the world so much. I just got into that cover because mm-hmm. it was so great. And then the fucking card didn't even show up, so... <laughs> well, it might in the next one. But well, the spider, sure it will, but it was it's it was on the cover of this car. This the is spider you. RV shows up, and that's their car that they drive around in the whole time yeah. of the original series. Oh yeah, I didn't notice that in the background there. Um, I I really like the reveal that when Hawk Hawkeye goes to talk to his daughter, mm. he's like, "Oh, cool, she's got a she's got a Hawkeye poster on her wall, but, but it's the, full of darts in the next panel." And he's mm-hmm. like, "Oh man, I didn't realize the darts, but the words he used. Hey, baby girl." <laughs> Wow, would you look at that? You got a poster of your dad. I loved that. But I also <laughs> loved that, like, right before he goes in there, the, the dialogue he says to himself is, come on, Barton, you face Thanos. How hard could this be? And I loved that. Yeah. Like, I love, I don't know what it's like to be a dad, but I can relate to the, I mean, it seems like, yeah, there are people that could fight Thanos easier than talking to their child. And that that's interesting to me. Sometimes, sometimes you need a Mike Watney by your side to go talk to a kid. Oh, God, I love that guy. Um, yeah, I, I, I liked all of this. I really liked the reveal at the very end that, uh, uh, Bullseye Mm. is a sheriff. Uh, and that, that page actually looked a lot like another artist we all love. Sean, not Gordon, just Sean Murphy. Mm. Um, like the, the mustache and the whiskers and And the shading, like the, the crosshashing is pretty Murphy. And like the pointiness of his, his head on the first two panels. Yeah. Was that, Um, uh, was that bullseye or was that dead shot? I think it's bullseye. Uh, it's bullseye, bullseye. With, with Deadshot's eyeball. Okay. Oh, wow. I didn't realize that that's Deadshot's eyeball. Yeah. That's even cooler. Deadshot's a DC character. Yeah. It can't be Deadshot's eyeball. Oh, <laughs> fuck. I just was like, that is such a cool idea to have done. It's old man. You got me excited. Um, it's old but, man bullseye with old Deadshot eye. He killed Will Smith and took his cybernetic eye. <laughs> oh. Out. Yeah. Um, I... I guess if I had a complaint here, it would be that everybody turns into a cowboy when the world ends. Mm. I don't really mind that, but uh, <laughs> it's, it seems a little like a stretch to me. Everybody a is a cowboy now. How much? There's there's cops around, and there's sheriffs, and I didn't read the Old Man Logan. Is this world, is there... Like, which Mad Max is this? Is this the first one where there's, like, a bit of law and order still there, or so, is it the second one where it's fucking... So, as I describe in this book and is more clearly described in the original Old Man Logan, they the villains take over the U.S. and they divide up the territories, mm-hmm. and there's, like, a middle area that's just called the Wasteland, mm-hmm. and that's where Old Man Logan took place, and this one takes place. So maybe that's why it's more cowboy here... Yeah, I guess the cities in in the other one aren't totally cowboyed out. So, like, in the original one, the Hulks are a gang, and they Mm -hmm. basically run this whole middle area because they can beat the shit out of anybody they want, and they, like, make everybody pay them for the land that they're on. So, I guess pretty close to Mad Max in that there has been a type of order that's been established, but it's pretty 
bad guys. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's not quite it's not quite as isolationist and uh kind of tribal as Mad Max within the wastelands, but mm. within the country I think it is. <clears throat> I I really liked this. I I give it an 8.5. Like it it stunned me in terms of how much I liked it. Um Actually, I'm going to give it a nine. I changed it. I'm going to give it a nine. Wow. I like, I, there was this moment, like, s- several pages in where I was, like, kind of subconsciously looking down on it. And then I was like, but I did really like that moment. And as I was focusing on this moment from two pages ago, then another moment that I liked happened. And then two pages later, I was focusing on that. Like, it was this weird where I was just like, oh, no, I'm, I like this. Like, I, not only do I like it, but I'm impressed by it. And the art is really, really nice. Like, really really nice uh i i don't have any complaints about it uh i think that it does a really good job um casting a dystopian future on a world that i know and it doesn't feel like it's just like a real tributary book from a book that i liked from a while ago yeah i think it stands well on its own i think it's probably enhanced quite a bit if you've read old man logan um which at this point like it, it's a book you should have on your list if you haven't read it yet. We spent a year Fine. trying to get Justin to read it. Yeah. He never did. So I still Raiden, got like at least a few more months. You're the guy that <laughs> we're going to just keep trying to get to read that book. I'm going to give it an eight um, because I don't like it as much as I liked Old Man Logan. But oh. it's, a, it's a very solid book. And if you like Cowboys and the future, and even if you're not totally wrapped up in the Marvel Universe, I think this this book works really well. Like it doesn't matter who that doctor is yeah. or who his his daughter's mom is or like you know Wolverine you don't need to know Madrox it's it's a dude who is obviously multiple man very unlike another power. marvel book we'll get to later this episode yeah, yeah we'll we'll talk about how deep you need to know things <laughs> uh, but yeah I, I give this an 8 wow. very very good um I'll give it a I'll give it a I'll give it a 7 it was it was a fun read it was it was uh I wasn't didn't care about it when I opened the cover, but it was really enjoyable. Like you guys said, beautiful art. I'm really curious where this is all going to go. I like the apocalyptic wasteland stuff. I like Hawkeye. It's got this great next issue shot at the back that's straight out of Mad Max, and there he's got the car. Um, there's a couple little things that, like when the, when uh, the, the, when Dead Bullseye shot <coughs> shows up before. The, he mentions that the cop, the high sheriffs are there, and apparently Hawkeye dug these graves for the multiple men. And which De- De- and Denshot points out, well, why would he do, dig graves? It's bullseye. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> why would he dig graves? But what, what caught me about that was like, well, yeah, but he dug the graves, but then he didn't put any of the bodies in it. I mean, that kind of seems like a little glitch there. And I, it's interesting. I always have a problem with Archer comics because I love these shots, but at the same time. It kind of bugged me because I'm, and I always try to convince myself, okay, Hawkeye's so good, the rules of archery and and archery physics don't apply to him because he's so good. He worked at a, he did a circus thing. He was like, yeah, because like, because like this scene that looks cool, but looking at it, I was like, these arrows would be going flying all over the place and falling before they hit their targets because he didn't. You gotta hit it. You gotta you draw back to an anchor point, and he's just his form is horrible. And I think <laughs> you should start practicing so you can be as good as him. I guess so. Yeah. <laughs> Brandon, what do you got? Um, I give it a seven as well. I was tricked by the cover once again. Um, <laughs> like trick shot? Like trick shot and dead shot. And 
No, Deadpool. So no, so you trick shot like that. about the cover that wasn't delivered inside? The car. Oh. Oh yeah. So that, but it's on the it's on the next issue page. It's on yeah, the next but it's not in this issue. <laughs> the whole um, first story was a road trip. I wonder if that's why they put a car on there. Yeah, I just got very jacked on the Mad Max uh, aspect of it, which was, was uh, cool. not as played up in this issue as I was hoping, and that's certainly not a reason to objectively criticize the book, but I'm doing it anyway. <laughs> um, well, this is 12 issues, so this oh like, wow, this sets a. This sets an interesting pace for a 12-issue series. Yeah. Can you want to tend me your old man Logan? Nine and a half, maybe a ten. Okay. Like, it's... If if somebody says, which Wolverine should I read, there is no other Wolverine story I would hand somebody. Yeah. Like, that is the Wolverine story for me. I like I like the one in the Squirrel Girl zine where he uh, debates with fighting a Sentinel. Mm-hmm. Dude, Chiquetto has done everything. He's good. A lot of Spider-Man... A lot of Deadpool, a lot of Avengers. He drew my mom. <laughs> Did he? Did he draw your mom? Yeah. Did he really? I'm pretty sure. Um, next up on the Perfectly Acceptable Podcast. Next episode 64. Episode 64. Avengers No Syringers, part one, number 675. <laughs> oh, so this is, this is actually Avengers number 675. Yep. I thought it was a special... Side series. Nope, you're getting yeah, Avengers every too. week. Yeah, there's a 675 oh. up there. Wow. Um, are they all going to be as good as this cover? Because this cover is the no. like best part of the issue. It's one of the best uh, lenticular <laughs> covers it. I think yeah. we've had since. Uh, I don't know. Like I don't think even the button had lenticular. Yeah, this covers one doesn't good. even do like the cover swapping thing, like two covers superimposed over each other. It's just. It's just a nice three-dimensional. Well, like I could, I could look at it for a while and enjoy it. Like I don't even yeah. care about most of these characters. It's just like every I... single hair on my body stood up when I picked up this comic because it was so <laughs> static electric. <laughs> I love and the excitement. I love the love for lenticular covers this store has. <laughs> I love how the beast, his leg up here. Something about his leg, it, it just kind of freaks me out. I can't look at it for very long because it's too real. Yeah, the toes are a different level than the leg behind it. Yeah, yeah. Um, so what happened in this book? Because this? I truly got halfway through it, and like I stopped, and I was like, "What has happened so far?" And I could not real, like I could not remember. Yeah, place I got this. What I had happened? I started breezing through pretty quickly. Um, I, I read, I read every word. I read every word too. I, I mean, so did I. I think, but so I stopped processing them at some point because it just wasn't clicking. All right. So basically, we were hanging out with a bunch of characters. Uh, and different people that I don't know because I don't read enough Marvel and all of a sudden shit gets weird and everybody thinks that uh, like all the satellites and the Alpha uh, who is it? Alpha Alpha Flight Flight, who is up in space they think that they have all disappeared but actually it's the Earth that's disappeared so somebody moved the planet somewhere, we don't know where and so we're following like 300 superhero teams as they discover what's going on and try to deal with the destruction. And then... Did you not look at the chart in the back? There's... No, I didn't. I don't read charts. <laughs> One, two, three, four, five superhero teams. Okay. So, I mean, like, four. a million, five. A million years ago doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> uh, then all the superheroes turn blue, and they're frozen. Except not all of them. And... I didn't see a pattern for who froze. It just seems and who like didn't. all the important ones were frozen. Yeah. 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 So everybody you've ever seen in a Marvel movie is frozen, <laughs> and everybody else 
Actually, that yeah, might if, be if, the paradigm if, here. If we could get a catalog of the ones that were frozen. Reminds me of the last time Mark Wade was doing a weekly series, and it was 52, and he took out all of the big heroes and just did a weekly series based on side heroes. You like your characters? Fuck you. It's <laughs> like he's trying to push these new characters like very Green, obviously. You're looking at Old Man Hawkeye. Oh, yeah, cause, <laughs> because, because somebody drew my mom, and I'm going to find out who. <laughs> So the fucking credits at the this? end of this, so the Earth has been moved. Yeah. Is it the same guy? The Earth has been moved, and the uh, at the end somebody shows up, and in quotes she says, "Once an Avenger." She looks a lot like Storm to me. Who is it, Django Roman? But she has <laughs> a big old Roman. V on her belt. Are we like the composite Superman now? Yeah. I Marco Cicchetto did draw Voyager. my mom. Really? Mm-hmm. Voyager. <laughs> Who's, the, who's Voyager now? Your mom is Voyager. No, that's who the Marco Cicchetto did not draw is. this. Yeah, the, her name's Voyager. Okay. I, but okay. I have to admit, full disclosure, I didn't know that. I googled her. Okay, okay. so, I, so not, I googled the person. Not even Roman knew. It's Voyager yeah. in Storm cosplay. Right. Or this, Storm but, in Voyager cosplay. But they're they're pulling. They're just doing the century over again. This is a character, even though the character Hercules and everybody recognizes her. Mm-hmm. Apparently, she was a founding Avenger. But the reader, we never, we've never seen this character before. Was Bendis behind Just that like whole century thing? I don't think that no, that was very well Bentry. introduced as a concept in this comic book because to me it just came across as, oh, I bet that if I knew more right. about comic books, right. I would and know it, who this is. And apparently yeah. not, though. And apparently. I was, and I, same thing. I was like, is should I know who this is? Different costume? I thought it was that other Mark Wade Avengers miniseries from a few years ago with early Avengers, and there was a woman who joined and then betrayed them, and then they locked her in an underground tomb for like mm. 30 years, and then she came out again last year. And But it's not her. Silk? It's a different founding member of the Avengers that we forgot about, or um, never knew about. Yeah, gosh, if this reveal didn't work for someone like Roman, <laughs> like, don't I don't think it was very good. <laughs> uh, the other thing that I forgot to mention is that uh, Hercules picks up a big old globe and <laughs> makes love an that atlas one. gag. <laughs> uh, In the middle of this super dark, horrible <laughs> catastrophe comic. And then Jarvis gets crushed by a bunch of rocks and might die. But he saved a kid. Yeah, but yeah. he won't. He's been... Mr. Hyde almost killed him in that in the and 80s. It's like, the even if mansion he, was destroyed. He, he recovered. Even if he does die. like In a book like this, he's not going to be... He's either dead for a little while or dead for a few years like he'll be back yeah he comes back with bionic enhancements or something yeah i mean betty's already doing better (laughs) yeah yeah without even any any bionics that's just her force of will oh my god betty's gonna be a green lantern oh my goodness you love that woman we're in the marvel universe right now guys okay let's get back to it betty betty can is ted shot in this one betty can be in any universe that she wants betty russell Betty, Betty Rubble. Betty, Betty, <laughs> Betty Rubble. What's Betty Cooper. Betty, Betty Cooper. Cooper. Thank you. Yeah. That is not even DC anymore. It's our It's, it's, it's Riverdale. At all. Yeah. Anyway, back to this. There was very <laughs> little of this book that worked for me, unfortunately. <laughs> really? Like I. You didn't. You didn't love the Return of the Living Lightning. You didn't like the term one handy force field plug? No, I. <laughs> the what? All of it. <laughs> all of it was the stuff that I don't like. This shot of like Red Hulk guy who's not even a Hulk, Thunderbolt Raw. Like, yeah, Thunderbolt I was like, who's this guy? Why is he so he's small? He's a U.S. Avenger. Yeah. He is. Well, yeah, but he's supposed to be this big is, and bulky, hulky. To me, it's like <laughs> all of the problems of what Marvel has had for the last year. The champions got frozen. One. Yeah, no, this, uh, Marvel, uh, for me, Marvel really needs to right their ship, and I feel like this is not at all what needed to happen. Yeah, I, I don't <clears throat> like being cynical, and I do want to combat that, but this this is a thing that I 
I didn't appreciate and I didn't like and I realized halfway through when I had read all of it but didn't know what was going on at all that it was I was just like oh there's something bad going on oh it's a bunch of bad different things all at once I don't I, I didn't feel that at all Really? No, I read this. I felt like I could track the whole thing. It was also the okay. first comic I read, so I read it fresh. And I haven't read a comic in probably three or four days because I finished all my stuff last week and decided to take a minute. Um, I didn't know who anybody was, but I tracked the whole thing. I thought that uh, Disappearing the Earth was pretty awesome. And uh, although I don't often like feeling dumb... Um, I didn't think the end was the end, was was the worst thing they could have done uh-huh. with with that surprise character. Mm-hmm. Knowing now that it's somebody that nobody could have a hope to know, I think it's fucking stupid. <laughs> like yeah. that last page is is dead to me. Garbage. Especially because I'm I'm just so tired of the Sentry worked out pretty good, but you know the Justice League did that and with made what was his name Major that patriotic character Major Payne, um, Major Glory. Yeah, Major Glory. General Glory. No. General Glory? Yeah, Wasn't it was General, General Glory. Glory. Yeah, yeah, they did that. He was a founding Jeff, JLA that everybody forgot about. <laughs> then they did it with the Sentry. Now they're doing it with this Major person. Glory? It's like, come on. Yeah. Yeah. Hit and miss. Oh, damn it. I like it. Yeah. No offense. Are you guys talking wrestling I, over there? I no, no, no. I got to read that WWE, actually, still. The Royal Rumble issue. Good luck. I did track track this, but I did kind of... I don't know if I really... Care. I mean, yeah, all these natural disasters are happening because the Earth has been moved. Or I was moved. also... <laughs> yeah, or I was also thinking it's just been camouflaged. Yeah. I do love this look on uh, Captain Marvel's face. She's floating in space going, where's the Earth? And just the look on her face is totally like, oh, crap. <laughs> it just felt like to me like another, like, what haven't we done to the Earth in an Avengers book yet? Well, like, what if we just take the Earth somewhere See, and I feel else. like they have done that before at some I, point they've in Marvel. Taken, they've yeah. they've yeah. warped, like, heroes out for, like, secret wars and stuff like that. They've Even secret wars, like, Earth crashing into each other yeah. and disappearing. They tracked well, it down. Well, I could have sworn somebody, probably one of those 70s comics, had moved the Earth or switched, the high evolutionary switched Earth and counter-Earth with each other's orbits or something. I don't know. <laughs> I feel like I just feel like I've, I've seen this before, this well, plot. From I Marvel. love that. <laughs> I love that. Django was into it. I'm gonna that, give it a six. I like the second issue cover. Is somebody rifling through a box of comics and the Avengers number one cover is sort of remade on it? Like I don't know oh, where they're going. Is she on it? Yeah. Oh yeah, there she is. I don't know where they're going with this, but if they are doing a meta type thing where they're incorporating. Wait, is she, was she actually? No. Okay. Good. But. I, I don't know. I, I, yeah, I want to like it, but it, it's out of, like, there's no other Marvel book that seems to incorporate the fact that the Earth disappeared, which mm. doesn't need to happen, but that's kind of a thing about Marvel is that, like, you can kind of point to a book and say, this is happening here, and therefore it's happening over here, and yeah. no other books are yeah. mentioning the Earth dis- disappeared. I kind of wish they would commit to one lane or the other. Yeah, that does kind of pull or me like, out of it a little bit, like when we see it's Stephen Strange as the, the Sorcerer Supreme and no, Loki. It, it's like, yeah. wait a minute. That hasn't been resolved yet. <laughs> In- Solid six. That's. I mean, I'm not super far away from it's, that. It's, I. I think it, this. This is just a straight up comic book, and it's. Yeah, I guess. Like you, you read it page to page, and it's superhero action, yeah. and it's peril, and it's not great, um, but it's totally fine for me. It's a perfectly acceptable comic book, and I. I oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I wouldn't. Uh, it feels good to hear. I don't know. I'm probably not going to stick with it, but I, I think I think this is a 
probably a fine jumping on point for oh yeah younger readers or, or newer readers if they don't <laughs> mind being totally fucking confused about who that last page is and getting it once a week i agree and, there, and there's some and there's a lot of little fun moments like there's like i can't find it now but there's a panel when a bunch of the avengers show up from different teams and vision somebody's speaking and in the background it shows vision is kind of drifting down Wanda's looking at him, and off to the side, Wonder Man's glaring at the both of them. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, <laughs> Which, that was know, near the end when they all get together. Yeah, and There's I like, like fun I like, background art. Yeah, and I like on. the beginning because we see Living Lightning now, just called Lightning, brought back, and yeah, he's not important, but it was just a fun introduc- reintroduction of him. He used to be one of the West Coast Avengers, and just this whole sequence with this doofy bad guy with the hat when he gets blasted, and just the look on his face is. It's pretty good. So what do you give it? I give it a... I'll give it a six. I mean, I'll... I might read the second one. I don't, I'm not sure. <laughs> six. I like six. Her- <laughs> I really like Hercules, so I'll read, I'll read it for Hercules. <laughs> uh, I give it a three. Oh. Because... <laughs> only because the art's pretty good. Um, by <laughs> Pepe Larraz. It's... Oh, yeah, we didn't do credits. Like, Falcon's got some cool shots or some I don't know the art the art was pretty good the rest it was just like blah nothing mumble jumble I I'm a big character guy and it never settled on one character to focus on that I could connect with so I was just blah blah blah, blah. smorgasbord of nonsense yeah <laughs> I didn't love it I do think the art was totally fine and talking to you guys I think there is a lot of sort of fun background type art stuff going on like I think that the artist clearly knows a lot about character like the character interactions because there's some facial stuff happening but um i didn't love the story i guess my biggest i don't think there's anything wrong with it but it's sort of my complaint about marvel lately which is there's been a lot of events and even promise stuff there's there's not going to be more events and now they're just sort of doing an event within one book and saying it's not an event and so i've i've felt a little jerked around i'll be the opposite of Django. i'll give it a five instead of a six and i will say that i'm planning on reading the second issue oh um, nice you have different paradigms than i do i will i just i am interested in how meta it could get and i want to see that like i don't know i have i'm sort of more like the submissive and the abusive relationship with marvel <laughs> like where you're you're removed <laughs> with it so you can appreciate it whereas i'm like i want to like you but you keep hitting me so like, i'm a little bit more critical of it um <laughs> that's i i agree we yeah, are like that. I, yeah i, I feel just <laughs> chained up to marvel and it keeps letting me down so that was uh, mm-hmm. avengers no surrenders uh avengers 675 by mark wade al ewing and jim zub writing and pepe Larraz drawing i guess just drawing he penciled and inked with david curel yeah color art and um, will, i can't i don't know if it's every four issues it changes or if it's every but there is a, a team of artists that are gonna be doing this book cool. but how how far does this go it's like 12 issues or something. Oh, motherfucker. What? There's no yeah. way I'm sticking with that. It's not 12 yeah. issues, 12 is issues? Part two within... is Avengers 676. Wow. It's going to be a weekly thing, ain't it? That's what I'm For saying. For 12 weeks. It's, it's, like a, it's like a weekly thing, but I've had to order several months' worth of weekly mm. books for this. It's at least eight. Can we... Um, I don't know if uh, how podcast-worthy this is or how much we want to talk about it, but how do we all feel about the, the weekly books Marvel's been putting out? We've had three now, at least, with Venomverse, Jean Grey, and now 
Avengers, no surrenders. It's Marvel working their way around the final order cutoff from Diamond to fuck retailers in the butt. Yeah. Like, that's that's what it is. But it's only really a parallel path of DC's, like, bi-weekly <clears throat> thing. Well, mm. except DC's bi-weekly thing started uh, yeah. with returnability, and which then you kind of set that enough bar. I mean, I thought yeah. Marvel did the double shipping first. Yeah. I, I they And they definitely started doing that earlier. But I, I feel like... It's sort of two routes to do the same thing, which is ultimately um, kind of overwhelm retailers with an amount of content. Uh, at least, like, DC has a lot of books coming out every two weeks, um, but at least, you know, they're in their 30s. So, like, your your order number is going to be kind of consistent. Be. Whereas no. this is, it's like, yeah, you're right. There's, like, three weekly books. So instead of doing it consistently, they sort of throw a... a a big old glut of them at you. I'm not a fan of it. My biggest complaint is that it changes the artists. Um, I yeah, wouldn't mind. A no artist can book. work that fast. Yeah, I wouldn't mind a weekly book if they spent a year beforehand getting ready for it and then allowing it to have the same artist. But mm-hmm. I really don't like when the artist changes every issue, yeah. and that's happening with Phoenix Resurrection. And it's there are art changes on this book. I don't know where, but like even Venomverse, did that have the same artist in it? Django, you're the Venom guy. I read Venomverse from the start. To the end of the start. I read one issue of fucking Venomverse, Jeff. And I got bored and I stopped reading it. As much as I love Venom, and as much as I'll read anything with Venom in it, uh, I, uh, I had to look at my life and decide how much of my life I was going to devote to reading an alternate reality Venom. And when it came down to it, it wasn't I really, symbiotic. I really it only want the canon Venom. <laughs> and the old man Logan Cannon Venom. Any Venom outside of that? I'm out. Too much I mean, what about? I mean, how much does your your Venom fanfic align with the Cannon Venom? Uh, my, there is some my very Venom, sexual Venom fanfic out there. My Venom fanfic. I mean, it's it would be canon. It. It's just you know stuff they can't publish at Marvel because yeah. it's just too much. Well, so yeah, Marvel can become very phallic. Marvel yeah. won't return my calls for <laughs> the post old the the older man Venom. Series that He's I've got been a little pitching black to book for that, but it's got a big old white spider on the front. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't know if you guys have uh, heard about Django's uh, Venom fanfic Kickstarter, but we're taking donations yep. all this month. It's a very just... low entry rate. <laughs> it's uh, Kickstarter.com slash Venom Hentai. <laughs> oh, wow! I think wow, you're going for an animated then. <laughs> well, I mean, it's all it's all it's prose. Mm-hmm. I like to call that? it prose. Do you guys hear that? Someone's is that a gun? Sounds like a gun from far off in the distance. Wow. Oh my god, the gun broke. <laughs> the gun exploded in our lap. My throat hurts. <laughs> That's the sound of an oncoming buckshot, Ooh. a burgeoning buckshot round. Buckshot. <laughs> Old man Baby. buckshot. Who wants to start this week? Who wants to start this? What's? I'll do it. I don't even know what I'm doing. Django. Django. You just had your buckshot. 90s? <laughs> true. 90 seconds on the clock. This is going to be all Venom hentai. 90 seconds. So, sorry, that's true. Uh, a lot of people are going to Google hentai after this. <laughs> Don't uh, do it. Go. All right, so first up is Port of Earth number three. Uh, I really liked this guy's other series, Eclipse. Uh, this issue is pretty good. It introduces some really interesting ideas about the the central conceit of this series, which is that aliens give us the ability to make electricity out of water. The execution of the characters and the, the plot that's moving forward, I think, is a little unbelievable. Um, it's a cool setup, not such a great character work. Uh, Michael Cray, number four, 
more really, really rough <laughs> perspectives on the art. Um, but it the story is compelling enough that uh, if you can get past the fact that you can sometimes not even tell what the hell's going on, uh, it's 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 def- it's worth a read. It's not worth a look. Shape of water. Uh, Judas number two of four. This continues Judas's descent through hell with Lucifer. This departs from the Bible. The first issue was mostly centered around uh, what we know from the Bible, and immediately after, this is Lucifer telling him a little bit more, and uh, I thought it was really, really interesting. Uh, the, the last page is amazing. And then slots number four, I have no idea what's going on in this book, but I really like it. It's like, uh, I don't know, it's, it's just like a, like a shitty TV show that is gorgeous and full of boxing and shit. I, I recommend it. Oh, well, beautiful. <laughs> that worked well. <sighs> How many books was that? That was four, baby. That was four? That was four books. I got four books here. I think I can. Oh, yeah, you did wow. four, yeah. I'm going to go the opposite way. I think I might just talk about two this week. Oh, I got oh, well, to give some numbers. Uh, Port of Earth, I'm going to give a six and a half. I would give it a, an eight if I believed the characters or, like, I have some big problems with the, what the characters do and say. Uh, Michael Cray, I'm going to give a seven and a half, despite the art. Like, I think the writing is really good. Also, a thing that I noticed, I don't know if you noticed this, Jeff, because I know you read it. Uh, Larry Hammond did the I breakdowns. I did notice wow, that. Wow, really? Yeah. And not only that, the cover, Dennis Cohen and Bill Sienkiewicz. How, well, the, wow. how is that book half Sienkiewicz and a colorist? I don't know, but this is the worst Sienkiewicz I've ever seen. <laughs> I, well, I just I can't see and him the worst in it Dennis anywhere. No. I, I don't. Yeah, I don't understand. I'm sorry, and Stephen Harris, I don't like your art, it's, but you're on a really good book. It's a, it is a weird good job. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Judas, I'm going to give that a seven and a half. Also, I could be talked into an eight if I was a little more awake when I read it. I think it's it's just gorgeous, and the the last page surprise guest is fucking cool <laughs> and slots i'm gonna give uh man i'm gonna give that an eight i'm it's, gonna give that cover a nine <laughs> pervert oh so it's got good. boobies on it but not exposed and it's all teal and that like this artist i haven't read this issue yet but it is like the whole issue is stunningly laid out it's, it's also beautiful. the first panel of the comic oh. which i'm a sucker for i know listen yeah. jeff i wore my teal today so uh, I could ease people into me not being you this morning. That is <laughs> such wonderful forethought. Mm-hmm. I have a lot of teal and a lot of purple. Oh, yeah. A lot of black. I thought about wearing my purple shirt also. <laughs> that was uh, Django killer buckshot, baby. Oh, thanks. I, I buckshotted it. I think several of us, or at least two of us, are going to touch on Did the this. alarm go off? Oh, yeah. Okay. It was perfectly yeah. timed, remember? I love that alarm. That's my buckshot. I know, it's a great buckshot. Who wants shot. to go next? Somebody's got it. Well, now nobody wants to follow Django. Oh, no, come on. It wasn't really that good. I just talked real fast. Uh, I'm going to give it to Roman. You are? Okay. 130 minutes. Clockwise. Clock. Ready, set, go. Red Hood and the Outlaws, number 18. The first issue of Red Hood and the Outlaws I've ever read because it's got this beautiful Creeper cover. And Creeper's one of my favorite characters. Um, first one I've ever read. I don't know what the deal is with this team. It's the Red Hood, Jason Todd, and... Bizarro, Bizarro, who's intelligent, but he's also having some kind of psychotic break because there's a little uh, Japanese-looking Superman doll that talks to him and sits on his shoulder and tries to convince <laughs> him not to do further experiments on himself to make Aww. himself more intelligent, but That's it's also really maybe making him stupider and dangerous. 
Morse Artemis code. is on the team. Uh, apparently, the Creeper shows up to join the team because Bizarro invited him to, but Artemis and Bizarro have some past history together we don't know about. There's a lot of crazy stuff in here, and it's kind of like Grant Morrison territory, except it's Scott Lobdell, and it's really, really weird, really weird and bizarre. X-Men Annual Gold, or X-Men Gold Annual Number 1, which is the return of Excalibur, kind of a reunion comic. This was fun and weird and funny and really bizarre, just like the old Excalibur series. If you were a fan of them, you should read this. Got some great Nightcrawler moments, some great Captain Britain stuff. Um, we were introduced to, I think we are introduced to their child, who's very bizarre, very interesting. I want to see more of Excalibur and follow this storyline. Archie, this is still so much fun. I love this series. Uh, Betty Cooper is recovering really well from her accident where she was in the wheelchair. Big reveal, big spoilers in this issue. She, she, she is recovered enough. She's starting to walk. Whoa. Listen to that Riverdale cliffhanger, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah, if that doesn't whet your appetite for some Archie. Then yeah, didn't you get into the, the love stuff Riverdale. going on? There's a big <laughs> yeah. love revelation in this one. So, I guess love relation. Ar- Archie makes a choice. What are, Archie doesn't have? make it choices. What he is, does. What is he this does. all new, all different Archie? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, Django reminded me I need to give scores to these things. Sure. My buckshot. Red Hood and the Outlaws. The red, red, red Hood and the Outlaws, I'll give it a uh, I'll give it a. Four, but I'll give the creeper a ten every time. Wow, I thought you liked um, it more than that. God, I love the creeper. Look at that cover; that's beautiful. Is that I, Neil Adams? No, no I it's thought the creeper. it was at first. But <laughs> 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 the cover looked like Neil Adams. <laughs> <laughs> it's whatever that it's not, but it's whatever that signature is. I can't read. All right. Um, I read one issue of this uh, Red Hood and the Outlaws a while ago, and like I really liked it. Yeah. And then the the one after that, I immediately d- dislike really? like it's it's i don't know it's kind of cool and it's got some cool ideas floating around but yeah it seems as i've only read like two issues but they were very hit or miss both of them yeah i was surprised at the cool ideas in here but then you know i don't care about at least in here i don't care about jason todd and i don't care about artemis mm-hmm. but i'm curious about bizarre artemis is pretty cool though yeah and if creeper's going to join the team i'll read every issue Dude, jason mike mccone jason's like the bad boy robin so he's pretty cool too x-men gold annual i'll give i'll give that like a i'll give that a seven was that enhanced at all by Captain Britain's beard? I'll give his beard a 10. <laughs> I would, too. Ooh, he's got a beard and an undercut? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Jesus. So I guess and, I'm going to oh, go. And Ar- oh, and sorry. Archie, I'll, 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 I'll give Archie a 9. There was some big Archie stuff in this issue. All right. No shirtless videos, but. All right, Jeff, I've got uh, a minute, 30 seconds on the clock starting now. So I really liked Judas number two also. I think that it was different than the first issue in that it was less biblical. But this is all just a conversation between Judas and Satan. And they do a fantastic job creating a a narrative device about sort of life all being a story and we're all stuck inside the box of this story. They do some really interesting stuff with it. But more interesting than that is I gave this issue to my roommate Nick and he absolutely... Roman, you're doing Sorry. your face again. <laughs> Sorry, I, I when yawn you hit me. stifle your yawns. <laughs> my roommate <laughs> loved it, it and wants to read it. So I think that it was really cool that he liked that. Uh, Phoenix Resurrection number three... Uh, I can't believe I'm still reading this fucking book. Um, it's <laughs> weekly, and it comes out, and the art always changes, but it, it, it's very Kingdom Hearts in that I feel like we're mm-hmm. rebuilding the personality of Jean Grey from her memories, and then Jean Grey and Scott and Wolverine shows up, and it seems like it's all projections of a memory that she used to have. Also, Flash 38. This is the final issue of this three-issue arc that was every issue had a different artist on it, which is a bummer. It seemed like the whole thing was mostly geared towards just making Barry realize that he still loves Iris West, and that's awesome, but it's weird because... He was with her, and then he wasn't 
with her and then like new 52 and then rebirth and then there's another girl and now it's it's very confusing this is my favorite of the three artists scott collins one of my favorite original flash artists although you wouldn't be able to tell that from the art that he does in this issue um and just a, we got an extra second to talk about Judas. I, the, it appear at the end there is awesome. I I really think that this is going to be an amazing four issue thing. We've had people like we've had a, a pastor comes in and loves this book. We have other people. It's, oh, you said the p word. <laughs> <laughs> wow, that's cool. We have, a, we have a pastor reading it. Awesome. <laughs> 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 I was not prepared for that. I hope you stopped it and didn't snooze it. <laughs> oh gosh, I did something to it. I think I started it again. I mean, I think it's uh, it's kind of a Judas seems like a study of the Bible rather than just a a biblical story or a story poking fun at it. And like, it's just it's a really interesting thing to do with these characters. That you're you don't have to change them a ton to be able to have a really interesting discussion about theology and and stuff like is it this book that i read this week where there's a quote oh no that was mr miracle never mind i don't think you have to change it at all well i, I mean this one doesn't change it at all which is awesome right. whereas i think that a lot of bible stories they're like we gotta oh, remove yeah. we gotta introduce into the fiction more right. i think this one actually stays pretty true to the bible while also just being a whole different thing so what are your scores uh, I give this issue of Judas uh, an 8. I think this is mm-hmm. on its way to be a really amazing four-issue story. I give this issue of The Flash a 6, and I give this issue of Phoenix Resurrection a 6. So, And would either of those last two have been enhanced by having the same artist for the last two issues? I think they would have. I mean, I guess that the feeling that I ultimately get from having a lot of artists on it is that it just feels rushed. I didn't, so, I didn't notice the change in art is, uh, in Phoenix that much. Which bugs me, almost bugs me more that they like you know instead of letting one person finish it, they're trying to, to get look, similar artists. I need to look at the artist yeah. for number two to make sure it is a different like, person. Like, like they're trying to different. trick you into thinking it's the same guy. But yeah, girl. often what they do is they'll like you know Franol Francis or Lionel Francis oh, U does Francis you. you know the first issue, and then they'll have all the rest drawn by somebody else who's not that. And it's just like mm. don't even put the other. But anyway, those are my feelings on those books. Braden. The time is close to now for you to start now. Sleepless, issue number two. Um, I really like this series, and it's hard to explain why, because there's a lot of uh, Games of Thronian style like politics going on in this world, and it's I don't really understand them or what's going on, but I also don't feel like I need to, and it, it feels like that's almost intentional. And I really like the characters. There's this princess who's in a shitty situation and that's really clear from both issues and it's conveyed really well how she's like frustrated by it but also like hiding it when she's in public and also and her guard is like this uh sleepless person who is whose gender is pretty ambiguous which i like a lot and that's one of the reasons i keep reading because the character is so cool so well designed and apparently they haven't slept in like three years because that's their task is to defend this princess like at all times, always watching her, which is really cool and it's an interesting concept to play with that I'm excited to explore more of. It's it's a weird world that I don't fully understand, but I don't feel like I need to, and I like the characters a lot. I'm excited to read more. Um, I also quickly before the podcast read Punisher 220, and it was really good. I haven't read like the last issue or two of it, but... Punisher's got the war machine suit full on, and he's just going to town, 
And there were so many moments that you probably overheard me while I was reading it. I said, oh, damn, Frank, multiple times. <laughs> <laughs> he did make some good sounds. Oh, yeah. So what do you give him? Um, Sleepless, I'll give an eight and a half. Wow. It's hard to explain, but it's it's good. And it's it's a it's fun to explore that world for some reason. I've skipped Sleepless so far because I don't like the covers. I don't really like, like that's fantasy. The, that's is the why only. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a setting I'm not super pumped on, but I'll usually give fantasy a shot. This cover's a little cluttered. Yeah. Well, it's, it's is it the same artist that did the arc light? The arc light book? No, different artist. Okay, it's got a very similar feel to that, and I didn't enjoy that. Even a little bit. So Sarah Vaughn writing in Leila Deluca. And the only Del thing Luca. I know her from is Shudder. Yeah, which okay. I actually, I've, I've read about half of that series and I, I dig it. Yeah. Um, Indiana Jones, girl with animal enemies. Famous dad. Yeah. Uh, Punisher, I give uh, a nine, I think. It's uh, maybe the most Punisher of this Punisher War Machine series that we've seen so far. Oh, guys, what a... What a buckshot round! Oh gosh, fresh off that buckshots. Okay, do well. Do yeah, we, I got more books. <laughs> do we have any more buckshots? More buckshots. Keep buckshotting. Did Did anybody send us a buckshot round? Oh, oh. What what and what about these haikus? So listen, we've got a new, <laughs> a new thing here at the Comics Place. Um, it's like a acceptable podcast. It's like a. It's like a. It's a new corner, and we would like to invite other customers to partake in it. Haiku reviews, a haiku buckshot round, if you will. And if you won't, please do. Was that a haiku? Um, I don't say. I wish one of us right. could introduce us with a haiku, but I don't remember the that's the breakdown. Brayden count, is going to write one. Count the own. Count the own. <laughs> right. um, but we've got two buckshot haiku reviews this week. I'm, um, I feel like haikus are not. Uh, buckshot thing. I think we should keep the name, but I'm not going to make the sound effect out of yeah, respect no. for the the format the piece of the of, of the, the medium. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I agree. Chick, chick, and, yeah, chick, chick, boom. Um, Mr. Miracle Six, chick, chick, boom. Renovation now with your life on the line. It's best to make more space. Nine point <laughs> seven five sheets of drywall. <laughs> Buckshot review number two, Archie, 27. I really like these. And I really want other customers to write them and send them to us, text them to us, email them to us, whatever. Just give us a haiku review. Number two, Buckshot review, Archie, 27. Who is your real love? Call it in the air, Archie. Don't hesitate now. Nice. Oh, my God. Having read that issue, Jay, Jay did these? Jay, yeah, Jay Christensen oh, did, did. Those, you, those... you might recognize Jay from uh, previous episodes of this very yes. podcast. The Christmas mm-hmm. podcast. Yes. Those were beautiful. Before. Very nice job, Jay. And I Jeez. love how he talked about it. It's just like it's this awesome art to try and take all of your feelings about a single issue and tie it down to haiku. I've never fully respected haiku enough because it seems like you can't do enough with that. Oh, well, that's but the point. That's the point. Yeah. That mm-hmm. is. It's how do you take all of your feelings and distill it down to just that and... It was Jay Christensen's comic book haikus that taught me how to appreciate a haiku. So everybody wow. uh, should send us one of those. We would really, really love yeah, to hear it. Yeah, so I want... really love this idea. Yeah. yeah. We'll keep making Jay do it, but I really want yeah. other people to do it, <laughs> and maybe we should all contribute our own. Um, Speaking of Jay, 
Let's talk about two of his favorite books. Of all time. Ever. Grass Kings number 11 by Matt, Matt Kent, Kent and Tyler Jenkins with Hillary Jenkins. Before we do that, have any of you read Snowblind yet? No. Nope. Nope. All right. That's, uh, is that Rekka and... No, that's... No, that's uh, uh, Lieber? Oh, this is... Yeah. Uh, Tyler Jenkins drew Snowblind. Okay. It's just just a I always think of that when we're talking about this book. Django, you told me that this was maybe your favorite issue of the series. Yeah. And that's interesting to me because I've read the other issues thinking about Jay, and I've read the other issues thinking about Justin and myself. This was maybe the first where I was just like, is Django reading this book? Like, what does he think about this book? <laughs> there was something about this issue, really, where I was like, it seems like a Django book. It seems like a thing. So so the last few issues have had the mystery of how did this teacher who arrived in the kingdom die, right? And they've been interviewing different people. Uh, last we heard, uh, one of these characters had been recorded chatting with her late at night, right? And so the 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 guy that's trying to solve this mystery goes and talks to him. Um, his name's Archie, and her name is... Uh, Betty? Uh, uh, <laughs> Jen. Jen Handel. Um, and so it's, it's just him telling the story of what he knows about how she died. And he's, he's got a wife and kids, uh, but this beautiful teacher shows up and he kind of falls in love with her and the teacher's smart enough to not let him in um, but he's still kind of flirty with her and she's not telling him no she's just not really acknowledging his advances and so she starts loaning him books and he's reading these books to feel closer to this person that he can't be close to and he starts writing her letters and putting them in the books when he returns them. And they start having uh, a relationship through the CB radio that they don't know, but it's being recorded by these sisters from an earlier issue. And so they're, they're talking on the radio, and they're, they're just getting real close in their brains. And he keeps giving her letters, and she never really responds to them. And, but they're buddies, but he's got this huge crush on her. And then at some point, she kills herself. She hangs herself in the closet, and, and she calls him right beforehand. Fuck. And is all messed up and kind of drunk and and slurring. And so he he's trashed. He tries to get to her. He blacks out for a second. When he By the time he gets there, she's hanged herself in the closet. And he looks around her trailer, and he realizes that she's dead. All of his letters that he's written her are in this trailer and he gave them to her in books and her trailer is just stuffed full of books and there's no way he can go get those letters and save his relationship with his wife who he does he doesn't hate his wife he just had this this inappropriate affair in his brain with this other woman so he lights the trailer and the teacher's uh, body on fire and to destroy the evidence of his his near affair and and at the end of his conversation he admits that he like in his um need for self-preservation at the time he realized that he burned 
any suicide note, she would have left. And that story, I don't know, there, there's a lot of gray in that story and a lot of, like, love and unrequited love and a guy fucking up and knowing it but not really being able to stop himself, but also not, like, he he's he's not... He's just kind of smitten, like he, he's he's doing the wrong thing, but he's not doing it because he's malicious or anything. And he just keeps fucking up, like like burning the trailer down. Like all of this is just this sad, sad story of a so guy who's confused. Human. Like the whole yeah. thing was like yeah. so human. And on the panel every level, the panel where he's in the trailer. And he's looking at all these books and he realizes that he can't he can't get his letters anymore is like they don't even they don't even say it the the writing doesn't say it you just have to mm-hmm. you have to see him looking at these books in horror uh, to realize why like as soon as i saw that pen i was like oh fuck he can't find his letters and he had he had to do that and then after that you find out that her hands had been bound when she was hanged mm-hmm. and somebody makes the connection that her hands had been bound with zip ties that we had seen earlier in the in the series and it's that guy's zip ties like that's his mo when he ties somebody up is archie zip ties people in the back of his truck archie does yeah because i don't have a fucking corner so i the thing that's amazing about this series is that there is a seed in every single issue for the issue that's going to come after it Mm -hmm. and i haven't picked up on any of those um, like Colette has mentioned them, Jay has mentioned them, you just mentioned that. Like, I love this book so, so very much, and the whole thing needs a reread for me because there's all of these connections that are being made, and yeah. I'm just not seeing. But I didn't. So, does that make you think that Archie did kill her? Maybe it's not Archie. There was something that made me think it was, but I'm looking at it again, and yeah, and maybe it? it's maybe it's not him specifically. We just have we have to go back and figure out who tied the guy up in the truck in, in this one panel. Yeah, because I don't remember this guy in the truck. Jay, Jay will tell us. Yeah, okay. Jay, Jay is studying this in, in an awesome way. I love what he, he goes into the her RV to find her dead body, but at first he turns off the gas stove. Mm-hmm. So the gas stove is on, filling the place with gas, so it's supposed to be set on fire. Yep. <gasps> Holy shit, her hands are behind her back. Right, when you first see her hanging there. Oh, he's not even lying then. Yeah, yeah, because I, I, I noticed that right away, that her hands are behind So how did, oh, she was killed. And, she didn't commit suicide. And like, I mean, maybe and, maybe the gas was on because somebody did that to knock her out. It's just like it's it's everything that I love in Scalped. Like in this, mm-hmm. like it's it's you you're spending these issues with just different people in the community. And this whole second volume has sort of been different issues with different people in the community, and they've been really tightly linked. Um, if you're willing to do the work. And it's just very rewarding. It's very rich. If that last page mm-hmm. was an episode of Sons of Anarchy, they'd be playing a, like a sad country song over it. Well, they and are. maybe they were playing a sad country song over it. Can you sample one for us? Uh, no. Because little uh, mouth guitar twangs. I don't sing. You pick, you pick a song for me and I'll go find it and make it our outro music. Uh, honky Tonk Badonky Donk. <laughs> Ew. I take it back. Damn it. Sorry, that's the only country song that pops this in my head. This wonderful scene of like the the brother who's returned to the town who like is talking to this woman and then she just kisses him in this really heartwarming way and then he's the one who goes to talk to the cop who doesn't live in the, the Grass Kingdom and he's the one who tells her that the, the plastic had melted into her bones therefore she couldn't have been like couldn't have killed herself when he's so proud of 
himself or realizing that she, you know, wasn't murdered. It's, it's, it's what I was just talking about, like loving that Vietnam mm-hmm. War documentary. Like everything about it doesn't make sense, and it all is just reeks of humanity. That so I give this single issue a nine. I give it a ten. Whoa, yeah! <laughs> I I would have given it. I probably would have given it a nine. Uh, but realizing that that guy's story is likely true, um, and it was just half the issue. It's half the issue, and just fucking devastating to do that in in like 10 or 12 pages and to like build up this relationship between the two of them and then have have him have to tear it down like that at the end like that is such a it's such a destructive thing to do to light her body and her trailer and her books and her life on fire i don't know i don't know i I can't i can't really articulate it so, Mr. Miracle number six. Yeah, similarly pretty. Can oh, I, my God. Can Raven? I can I uh, summarize this one? Please. Oh, I thought you um, had a pun for the title of it or something. <laughs> no. Miracle Man. That's, number six. <laughs> well, I'm, not, I'm not just a pun dispenser for you. Monster. <laughs> Listen, Brayden. I know that's what you wanted out of me at, during my interview, but... <laughs> um, Mr. Miracle number six. Uh, in this issue, Mr. Miracle and Big Barda discuss uh, redoing their condo. Uh, <laughs> Big Barter is pregnant, and Orion dies, and Darkseid is. <laughs> and the, and it's it's an adventure and action through the whole thing. Mm-hmm. Like, the, but you, but they're they're discussing redecorating their condo the entire, almost the entire issue. It's so fucking good. So again, the nine panel grid through the entire thing, mm-hmm. right? I don't think there's a single page that isn't a nine panel grid, even though. They're absolutely messing with it. Like with when, the when they're underwater. in the, the room oh, yeah. that's shrinking oh, yeah. to kill them. That's a nine panel grid, but there's so much white space in there. Because the room is shrinking. And who right knows what it, it is. The whole thing is black. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the body language on the black one where he's walking on the intestines of the sea monster that they killed five pages before. <laughs> and she's going overhand on it. Like, like that. that is a... It's a workout to read those two pages. I would give this issue a perfect 10. I would too. I and I picked Mitch Garrett as my artist of the year last year and this like <clears throat> confirmed that to me because I was nervous about it but every instance of this like they're saying is the nine panel grid and it's every single page is an innovative usage of it. And I would turn the page and I would get Every time I turned the page, I got wow, shocked because cool. it's all like double page spreads that use the nine panel grid differently. So it's not just reading a story. You have to figure out how to read each page, oh, which yeah. forces the reader to engage with it. So even when it's just two pages of Mr. Miracle and Big Barda fighting minions, the, the backgrounds are aligned in a certain way. So that sometimes it's the same frame told more than once, but sometimes it's several of those panels linked together to tell a more horizontal image and time changes between the space there. It's... And so, yeah, sometimes like one of the backgrounds is uh, like the spacing. I can't even describe it. it it's so it's, fucking good. I can't either. Like it's, it's very hard to try and describe, but it, there's... The way that they change foreground and background in a nine-panel grid, and the, the whole... There's, there's a splash page that's cut up into nine even panels. Mm-hmm. But it is one single image, but because it's nine panels, the characters are able to move through it, and it's fucking incredible. And the fact that the whole thing 
is just this absolutely asinine conversation between the two of them about redoing their condo is amazing and you just sort of know the whole time like something's gonna come I, it was like six pages in where i was like oh she's pregnant like this is all she's pregnant this no, is I this was know. the book that made me make an audible noise reading alone in my bedroom at night and it was i just started laughing when she said she was pregnant it totally took me by surprise you, it did okay nobody else i had no idea i had no idea yeah no. As I was reading this, I was thinking, well, this is an issue I'm going to have to remember for December of next year for my issues of the year. <laughs> yeah. This is an incredible issue. This this has probably I, – I can't imagine that there's going to be a page that I like more this year than this like, page. like 10 of these pages. Yeah. <laughs> the, the one with those guards talking, the whole yeah. time they're talking, you can see – that they're guarding one of the portholes to the dragon that they just fought underwater. There's a little bit of blood in the water, and then the I water turns pink. That. And then Mr. Miracle and Barda break out, and the, the room is flooded with pink blood water. And then the body of the monster plugs the hole. Mm. And then oh, later on, fuck. that's really good. And then and, and then they beat beat up the guards. It takes a like like five pages. And then they go pull the intestines out of the monster that's plugging the hole of the water, and they cross the, uh, the, forever. the forever void on the intestines of the monster. I think that, like, the three panels before they cross that void are my favorite, where they're, like, getting ready. Like, they are pulling the intestines across the room, <laughs> and they're, like, setting up to walk across this thing, and she throws it, apparently, is how they fix it together. But, like, uh, she throws it on one of Scott's hover, oh, hover discs. Oh, yeah. Every single thing is accounted for. So There's good. no thing that Picking I don't understand details. that is their fault. It's that I don't get it. Like, um... My favorite page, or series of panels, was the last five on this page after she announces she's pregnant. Because uh, I love the, my character so much. Knocking out Light Ray, you see the little X's in his eyes. It's beautiful. Just a nice, <laughs> just a nice powder of the head. And he's down. And right as soon as he's down, Mr. Miracle just runs up behind her. And he's got this giddy expression on his face for like three panels after that. Which is, it's a wonderful expression on his face. And it's wonderful to see him happy after like... Five issues of seeing him confused and sad and horrified. Suicidal. Which we'll, we'll, we get to again by the end of the issue, but... Yeah. Like, well, so here's another thing about this. Uh, the entire time they're going through this adventure and battling, the art is very clear. It never gets glitchy. There's yeah. never there's never a moment that has, like, digital artifacts or videotape You're right. fuck-ups. Until the end. Until he goes into Orion's room and finds Orion's body. Like, the second he enters that room... Thing like you can hear that comic. So, do you think it's tied to his like sanity or like his mental stability? I don't know. Like, does he always have to be escaping? And when he's not escaping, things start falling apart for him, or or who we are and what made us who we are is a trap that corrupts our ability to objectively view and engage in the present. Mm -hmm. So, when he goes back to his world and he sees his family. And when he's returned to his past and his home, like that's when things are corrupted. Whereas when he's able to live his life removed from that, he's with Big Bart, he's able to be happy. I don't know. That's just coming from where I am and my maybe, relationship with my past. But maybe it's only glitchy when Barda isn't around. Okay, I guess. I guess I haven't. I haven't. I think looked at these in, in yeah. serial. I think it'll be to, great to look back at them once it's all collected and yeah. see which parts are glitchy and which parts aren't. So on top of all that. This has probably the two best covers of the year so far. I'm going to go out on a limb and say my two favorite covers of uh, probably January. 
are the A and B of are this? Are the A and B covers what about of that this? B covered of Batman last week. What about that? Yeah. Nope. Nope. Oh. That's just a dick joke. Damn it. It's so good looking. I never say that's di- just a dick joke. <laughs> it's true. But you I'm never. very serious about how much I like Man, these two we covers. got so far in this podcast without saying Batman. Yeah, we were <laughs> so close. We were so close. We were so close. <laughs> Um, no, the, especially the B cover to this issue, I think, was yeah. astounding. Yeah, both but great. These, these Darrington covers. This are... A, this the the Darrington cover is what I had in my mind when I said that he was one of my favorite artists of the year. Yeah, uh, just the the lasers and the body language and them fighting back to back, but side by side. I guess. Ugh, so good. So good. Did I say ten? I said ten. I said ten. Ten. Roman gives it a 10. I, I said Rome, I'll, Roman gives probably it a 10. give it a 10 once I read it, yeah. Can we hear Jay's uh, haiku about let's this issue one again? Because yeah, I think... Uh, yeah, that's a good wrap-up for it. Yeah. yeah. All right, guys. All right. Um, I think that... Gosh. Um, let's get our... Let's get our... Let's get our... Out, let's get our... Our sign-offs, and then we'll end with this haiku. Okay, uh, but first, you should call us. Oh, please do. Please call us. We're uh, so lonely. We're so lonely. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one six one nine six six three seven three three six. We'll get you straight to my voice, telling you to leave a message. It's wonderful. Uh, that part's not so wonderful, but your your <laughs> messages you never are know wonderful. You know you're home until you've you've heard Django's voice telling you that you're home. Uh, I think we're working on another podcast that'll be in a separate feed, but I, I hope that we can figure out some trailers for it and, and, yeah, and encourage people to go coming. check it out. Uh, also. Review our podcast. Check Please. out our website. Come to our store. Uh, I don't know. Is there any anything else? Uh, Twitter, anything Facebook, else up? call us. Oh you my can gosh. come in. It takes no work to get our phone numbers. You could text us your opinions and haikus about books. I've yeah. been working day and night trying to hack into our Twitter system so I can start using it, and we're very close. Oh. I know oh. it. Yeah. No, I've been pretty lazy about it, but I'm very close. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, uh, I'm, I'm Jeff, but tonight I'm just going to sign off as Jay. Oh. oh, I'm uh, Django, and tonight I'm just going to sign off as DJ. Mm. <laughs> I'm Roman. I'm gonna, tonight I'm going to sign off as Jeff. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Who are I'm, you, Brayden? I'm Brayden, and I think that fanfic is great and not <laughs> always associated with porn like Django's fanfic is. 100% of the Django's fanfic. <laughs> J, Mr. Miracle number six. Renovation now? With your life on the line, it's best to make more space. We'll see you next week. Mm-hmm. Just call it.